Welcome to a special playoff edition of Bulls Bros. I'm Bulls brother Alex. Bulls brother Max is uh, indisposed. We're recording this on his birthday and he is raging hard. But I'm joined by our guest from uh, the prior episode, David. Hello, David. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to this episode, even though our beloved Bulls are out um, after this horde series that we just saw. But Right. We should talk about that, I guess, because the last time we recorded, uh, the Bulls were, they had evened up the series 1-1. They looked like the better team through the first two games. Chris Middleton was out with a, uh, an MCL sprain, and uh, unfortunately, the Bulls, uh, they lost the next three games in uh, embarrassing fashion. They got blown out every time. They just had no fight. Uh, the first of those losses was uh, game three. It was really bad. And then they were like more respectable blowouts, if that can be a thing, in the second two games. But they were rough. And by game five, we had no Zach Levine, who uh, had been uh, put in health and safety protocols because he seems like he contracted symptomatic COVID-19. And then Alex Caruso, as he's wont to do, got banged up. He got a concussion, was ruled out. So they both missed game five. And... Uh, DeMar DeRozan, like, had some really rough nights. Like, could barely shoot. Patrick Williams had some good on paper nights where he made a lot of threes, but, like, he contributed nothing on defense, and uh, he, was, he was scoring a lot of his points when the game was well out of hand. But, yeah, I don't really, I don't really give a shit about what, what he showed us. And then Vucevic didn't do a lot. But, anyway, um, what, what were some takeaways for you from that Bulls series before we get into the Eastern Conference Round 2 playoffs here? You know, as as anything, as when you look at any team, you look at their heart, you look at their defensive um, effort, uh, not only their talent, and I think this team is super talented. We missed Zach Levine, obviously. He wasn't healthy the whole entire second half. We missed Lonzo Ball, obviously. Uh, he wasn't there. But what I miss about those Thibodeau teams, not to bring back though, you know, go down memory lane, is when you when they went out of the playoffs, which was sometimes in the first round, for example, they went out with a bang. You felt like they made you proud and they made some noise and they hurt the other team and they took the soul out of the other team, even though that, you know, the, like, for example, the Heat, many times are better, but the losses felt so much better. Yeah. Compared to this season. Uh, and yes, that comes down to, like I said before, their heart and their uh, defensive effort, the will to not be embarrassed, which I think matters. Uh, and I think DeRozan is disappointed. Um, in that i think i think if he asks for anything you know from this team given what he's done this year for us he asks that will and i and i don't think he has it with this team um i think we're talented though i'm looking forward to next year but uh the gm ak has to do a lot more and we'll talk about maybe more you know i'll leave the ak conversation for later I think this is more of an emotional and sentimental um, soliloquy that I'm going on. But 
it's I, th- I think that's what you're supposed to do after a loss like that we're, we're supposed to kind of ask ourselves as bulls fans uh you know where does this team stand in our hearts and i think this team ranks pretty low to be honest and i think that it, it will never reach that that those thibodeau teams uh after watching them in these playoffs yeah. and a lot were excited uh you know for this team and I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that Gar Pax is not there anymore. And I think it's a sorry excuse for just faking excitement. When you see the product on the floor, uh, we did make the playoffs, though. You know, So I'll keep my mouth shut, my mouth shut when it comes to that. We did make the playoffs. Um, but still, you know, I, I don't think I think a lot of fans are happy to see them gone more than they are really the judging the product on the floor with their open eyes. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, really disappointing, just no fight. And speaking of DeMar DeRozan, like, I don't know, like, okay, he scored efficiently, but he had, like, in every single game, he was outscored by Grayson Allen of those last three games. He had 41 points in that game, too. That was awesome. But in game three, uh, he had a whopping, um, I believe, 11 points. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan, let me confirm this, actually, hold on. Yeah, Grayson Allen had 22 points. DeMar DeRozan had 11 points in Game 3. And then Game 4, Grayson Allen had um, 27 points. DeMar DeRozan, 23 points. And then the last game, uh, you'd think, oh, Grayson Allen had 13 points. Well, surely DeMar DeRozan outscored him that time. No. DeMar DeRozan had 11 points, playing 43 minutes in a closeout must-win situation. Like, I don't yeah. understand. I mean, like, it was efficient. It was 5 of 10 field goal shooting. And, like, we really had trouble figuring out a way to, like, utilize DeMar when they, they would trap him and triple-team him and whatever. But, like, I don't know. Like, there's no real – I don't – you know, I, just, like, he didn't have enough fight. Like, you can't score 11 points in a closeout game in 43 minutes. He had seven assists, but – I, yeah, I will not criticize Demar, and I know he he probably had not great of a last three games. Really bad. He he has he has done enough for me. He has done enough. This is not on him, uh, Alex. This is not on him. I think mm. you we should we should criticize who deserves to be criticized, and I think Demar left it all on the court. His game, it's his shots that he makes are difficult. Uh, that's his game. It's lovely to look at, a beautiful to look at. Same with Levine's game too. I think it's. I like watching them play. Yeah. Uh, that it should be expected. Like he should not be expected to carry this team day in day out. So. I will not criticize Demar. He's done enough this season. He's done enough. Uh, I will not say a bad word about him. What I who I will say is Levine, and Vucevic, and Kobe White. Who really shit the bed? Uh, yeah, Kobe White was terrible. Kobe White really shit the bed, and you know it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. As as far as Demar, you know, no, no way. I'm happy he's on this team. I will not say anything else. But... You know, actually, okay, you bring up a good point. It kind of reminds me of um, speaking of the Tibbs era. Remember, like that Joe Kim Noah, um, you know, Defensive Player of the Year season, so 2013, 2014. Um, right. He was defensive player of the year, and he finished in the top five in MVP voting. It was he finished fourth or fifth, I forget. But 
uh, he was just done. He like he peaked in like February or March, and then by the time we hit the playoffs, he was playing really hurt. Uh, and we lost to the Wizards in five. We were the fourth seed, and they were the fifth seed, but they killed us. Now, part of that was, like, some Tibbs, like, uh, rotation stuff, like uh, prioritizing Kirk and Boozer over um, DJ Augustine and Taj Gibson, who were both better at those positions that year. But anyway, like, we would have lost regardless, though. We, we just – our best player was hurt, like, playing hurt. Jerky you know, he just, like, was not himself. And he had a surgery in the summer after that. Yeah. So Demar peaked in February, you know, like he just. Well, I don't even yeah. think Demar was playing hurt. Even I he think... wasn't playing hurt, but he peaked in February. Like he was just not as good, you know. Or I mean, I think we should expect that in the playoffs, his mid-range game, it it is um, difficult to kick to get those baskets, but he can always make those. But you can count on him if the team's competing. You can count on him on bailing you out with difficult shots. You need those players. Those players are hard to get. You can see us when we need a shot in the half court that he can get it for us, those winning time moments. We were never in that situation against the Bucks, you know. Um, and he showed what he can do on that game too when we won. He, you know, he needs a team behind him who has the guts who has the um, the will and the balls to be with them and you know and fight uh, truth and nail and it just didn't happen it just didn't happen and some of that has to do with injuries yeah some of them lack of player obviously and uh, I you know that's why Demar played like he did I think if you're gonna use him his usage rate super high of course he's gonna look bad because this game's not really built for that it really isn't I think. He needs a team behind him. Like any star player needs a team behind him. Levine was not there, dude. Yeah, I mean, Levine, Levine was, was playing not hurt. there, and Vucevic did well. I think Vucevic did well. I think he really – I can't say a bad word about Vucevic either. And you, you know I'm not the, his biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the thing with him is that, like, he isn't a good defender. Like, that's just not what he, what he excels at. Um, he's – a jump shooting big guy. Uh, he gets a lot of rebounds, but um, it's just tough to to be much of a credible threat, especially in the East, where you got you have guys like Tatum and Durant and Giannis, that sort of small forward, power forward guy, uh, and like you know uh, our our three top scorers can't defend, you know, and then. I mean, I would say Lonzo Ball is our third best player, but you know, Vucevic scores more than he does. But um, yeah, like it's just it's just really hard to to win if you can't defend the best player on the other team, and if that player is gonna be something like that, it's just like, and we don't have a guy to handle the Giannis's of the world. I mean, that was basically supposed to be uh, sort of a combination of Williams and uh, a little Caruso on him, um, and like that didn't work at all. But uh, yeah, it's just tough. It's just tough to win. So we also, you know, a big thing, the big issues that other people have talked about are shooting, you know, three-point shooting and uh, size on the front line. Those are, like, the big things. And I, I just think our defense also wasn't great. But, yeah, I don't know. And Vucevic, I think you're right. Like, he, I don't know. It's, like, unfair to expect him to do more than he did. Um, there were some games where he really didn't make any threes, and there were some games where he made some threes. Like, that happens. He shot 31% from three this year in the regular season. So, like, I don't know yeah. if it's fair to expect him to, to work miracles in the postseason, but he went 3-9 in game 3 um, from, from deep. He went 
one of six from three in game four, and then he went uh, three of nine from three again in uh, game five. And really, like, it's important that he takes a high volume of threes because he's one of our big threats from deep, you know? I would love to trade him. I don't know what we're going to be able to get for him. In 2022-2023, he makes $22 million at age 32 season. That's the final year of his deal. Um, and, you know, and he put up numbers this year, so people might be able to talk themselves into him. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. He tries on defense sometimes. He just isn't that good, but he tries. He's big. He's 6'10". He's like a legit center. 6'10", 260 pounds. So, yeah, he averaged 17.6 points. Um, 11 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and shot, yeah, 31.4% from the field, 76% from the free throw line during the regular season. So, yeah, that's the big thing with Vucevic is, like, if he's the center, unless we get a massive Patrick Williams jump in, in terms of his ability, or we trade Williams or something, or we trade Williams and White to get a Williams upgrade at that power forward spot, like, I think we need to move on from Vucevic. And you were right, like, or you were saying last year, Vucevic was, like, a new Carlos Boozer. And, like, I think it's about right. Like, just a lot of offense. I mean, you know, the style of play is totally different. But it's a big guy who gives you lots of offense, not a lot of defense. But he tries, and, and the other guys on the team like him more than, like, the fans do, basically. That's a good way yeah. to put it when you said he makes some and he misses some. I mean, that's what's going to – that's who we – you know, that's what's going to happen with a big guy who can shoot, um, you know. Yeah. It's just a bummer. But anyway, okay. So, so that's the Bulls. And now let's discuss uh, the first round. Uh, sorry, the second round. I'm going to do it again. Now let's discuss the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, we've got two matchups. We've got the Miami Heat, the, the top seed in the East, uh, with 53 wins, against the Philadelphia 76ers, and they're the fourth seed. Um, the Heat beat the Hawks in five games. The uh, I almost said the Eagles. The Sixers beat the um, Raptors in six games uh, after going up 3-0. Um, it looked like they were in jeopardy for a second, but then they, they closed it out with a pretty good game six, a blowout. And then uh, the uh, Boston Celtics are facing off. They're the two seed. They're facing off against the three seed, the winner of our first-round matchup, the Milwaukee Bucks. And... Uh, so the first game of the, the second round of the playoffs is uh, tomorrow. It's uh, Celtics Bucks. So um, I, I say we we talk about each series quickly and then we make our predictions. I'm gonna go with the the top seed in the East first. Uh, the top seed remaining in the East, the number one seed, the the Miami Heat uh, and the Sixers. Now, uh, if you told me that all we would be worrying about with the Sixers was Embiid having a uh, like a minor ligament tear in his thumb I would say that like you know um, because the Heat have injuries of their own the Sixers would have an actual chance the Heat um, uh, have Jimmy Butler um, he missed their closing game game five uh, and then Victor Oladipo had like a crazy breakout performance and it was great to see um, Butler had a uh, right knee inflammation and was listed as day to day and uh they're gonna get a week off in between the series basically which is uh lucky for him um and then so that's their starting small forward that's their all-star this season uh their best player and uh, our former bull and then uh Kyle Lowry the point guard um is uh 
out with, um, what the fuck is he out with? Hold on. Oh, yeah, he missed game four and game five uh, because of a left hamstring strain uh, that he suffered in game three. Um, and then Gabe Vincent replaced him, who has been awesome, and uh, they didn't really miss a step. But uh, that was a first round against the Hawks, who's a really inferior team, and uh, they should have won, and they did. So it's, it's different now. Um, so I thought, you know, with, you know, Lowry maybe missing a game or two and Jimmy maybe missing the first game, and maybe being and maybe playing hurt through the series, like the the Sixers really had a chance with Embiid playing with a through a ligament tear, because um, Embiid always gets hurt in the playoffs, but then he got super mega hurt in the playoffs. It turns out, and they were, I guess they were up um, like by uh, double digits late into the game. <laughs> it was a blowout, game six against the Raptors, and Pascal Siakam uh, elbowed Embiid in the face. And he broke his face. Embiid uh, suffered an orbital fracture and has been ruled out indefinitely. He would miss at least the first game, but I don't know. I mean, like, I think you and I were both saying before we started recording that, you know, hard to say that, like, Embiid's going to come back early on in the series, right? Like, orbital fracture, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. No, it is. And uh, the Sixers don't have too much, like, behind him. Right. Right. Their starting five is good, right? Um, they've got James Harden at the point. They've got Tyrese Maxey having a breakout season at, at the two guard. Um, Danny Green, for some reason, starts at the small forward spot. I didn't know. I mean, it's good for Danny Green, but, man, that guy, I can't believe he's starting in the NBA in, in the playoffs. Um, he's really old. He's our age, you know. Tobias Harris at the power forward spot and to be at center. Like, that's a pretty good starting five. Um they also have DeAndre Jordan. They have DeAndre Paul Wilson. Yeah, but those guys are bad now. Uh, and so they will, they will prove ineffective, Alex, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're missing your best player. You're missing probably the MVP runner-up for 2022. Maybe he'll beat Nikola Jokic, who is already out of the playoffs. But, um, you know, one of the best players in the NBA, he's not going to play. For at least, I would say, it seems like... Conservatively, he's going to miss the first two games, which are both in Miami. Um, and uh, I just don't see any way at all that these Sixers will win this series now. Like, there's no way at all. I agree. I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. What about Tobias Harris? What do you have to say about him? Well, uh, he had a really good series um, against the Raptors, uh, which makes sense because the, the whole series is like, the Raptors have like a zillion six eight guys. They can switch all over the floor, right? Especially without Fred VanVleet, he missed a couple of games. So um, it benefited like a big power forward, like a traditional big power forward, like Tobias Harris, um, and he played pretty well. But that guy's never been consistent, um, and he's had some spotty playoff moments. But uh, you know um, they're gonna need him to step up and score a little bit more in the post, and uh, they're gonna need a big series from James Harden, who you know loves to choke in the playoffs. Um, he had some rough games in the first round, but he had a really good closing game. He had like twenty two points, fifteen assists, and was really good. Um, Tyrese Maxey's been up and down, but that guy's that guy's a baller. Danny Green hits clutch shots, but like I'm not sure that's gonna help you if you're down by twenty to the Heat defense. Um, so yeah, they they need you're right though they need Harris and uh, I would say Harden and Maxi to sort of uh, pick up the scoring, uh, pick up the brunt of the scoring um, that they're losing with Embiid's absence. Uh, they got Paul Reed, who people really like, um, at backup center, and so that guy that guy might start now. He's uh, he's pretty young and raw, but 
he's better than DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap, which is crazy. But those guys are terrible. So they're, yeah. they're just old. Well, the Miami, well, the Heat don't have, I mean, they have Adebayo and P.J. Tucker, right? Yeah, and then Dwayne Dedman is the backup center. Um, and uh, who is the backup so, power like, forward? I forget who the backup know, power forward is. For the Heat. It's not Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris is out of the rotation. But there is another backup power forward um, for the Heat. Ah, crap. Let me look at the depth chart. I'm probably not, you know, going to be obsessed over the series. But, you know, I think it will be interesting to see the Heat, you know, get back to the uh, conference final. That's all I have to say, really. Yeah. Wow, I guess they played... Duncan Robinson is the backup power forward sometimes. I mean, he's, you know, he's like 6'7", but, man, that guy can't play defense at all. I mean, P.J. Tucker is 6'5", but he's bulky. Uh, but, yeah, Duncan Robinson is technically their backup power forward. That's crazy. Um, that's, not, that's not ideal against the Sixers, but the, the Sixers are so hurt that it's not going to matter. I mean, I love this version of the Heat because I love Jimmy Butler. It's really weird to love the Heat and for the Heat to be your, like, sort of, quote-unquote, second team. But this is not the LeBron, Wade, Bosch heat. Um, this is a scrappy I will always heat. Hate, I will always hate the heat because of that, always, no matter what. I But Jimmy Butler, you know, that's a bull. I love Jimmy Butler. Like, we did him dirty by trading him. Um, I, I miss him. And uh, he's so good. He's a guy, speaking of guys who wilt in the playoffs, he's the opposite. He starts, like, hitting all of his threes in the playoffs and, and stuff. I mean... And it came back down a little bit to earth, but there was a point where he was averaging like like 37, 38% from three uh, in the playoffs. It might be like closer to 35 now, but for considering he was shooting like 20% in the regular season, it's crazy. Um, he's just a different guy, and he just picks it up in the playoffs, except he's 32, and uh, he's got a knee issue, so that's not what you want. But yeah, I think uh, as long as Jimmy can go and give them something Jimmy-esque, um, and as long as Bam can... Uh, step up a little bit. Bam was not great in that series. Um, and their zillion point guards can be good. Uh, and shooting guards. Like, yeah, they're going to move on. And, uh, yeah, they go to the conference finals. So, I'm going to say uh, it's tough because we don't know how many games Embiid's going to miss. I'm going to assume he misses a lot. I'm going to assume they try to bring him back a little early. But, but early, like early for the recovery timeline. He's going to have the orbital fracture. He's going to be wearing, like, a mask or something. But I'm going to say heat and five. <laughs> Heat and five, I agree. Heat and five, okay. yeah, sounds about right. Let's go to the other series. Yeah, let's move on. Um, and so the other series is uh, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. Now the Boston Celtics, uh, I forgot to mention their series. They they swept the Brooklyn Nets. I predicted, by the way, I predicted that the Brooklyn Nets would win that series um, before the series started. Uh, and you know they had a super close margin most of the. Every game was pretty close, but they the Celtics won every game. So, you know, they, they definitely outclassed Brooklyn. Uh, amazing defense. They were missing Robert Williams for several games, um, who's their defensive stalwart down low. Uh, they got Marcus Smart, speaking of defensive stalwarts, as their defensive player of the year for 2022. Um, and he was healthy all series. He's their starting point guard now. They've got Jim Brown looking good. They've got Jason Tatum looking otherworldly. just really great, both sides of the ball. And... Um, to me, they're like they look like the best team in the East, like pretty handily right now. Uh, now, obviously, the Bucks are the champs. Uh, the Bucks have the best player in the NBA. 
uh, in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but um, they're missing Chris Middleton, who was not good uh, against us, the games that he did play. But uh, I think that would even out over the course of a series. You know, if he <clears throat> were to be healthy, I think he'd be ultimately more of a positive than a negative. I mean, the guy's an all-star um, for a reason. But, um, yeah, the Bucks are gimpy. Um, they beat a team that, you know, was just not in their in – their, in their weight class, you know, uh, in, in the bulls. And, uh, this is like, uh, yeah, I mean, I would kind of, I don't know. Like I really love Jimmy Butler and I've enjoyed the heat and the heat's defense. Um, they have trouble in the half court. I, I kind of think that like the winner of this buck Celtics series is going to win the East. And I think it's going to be the Celtics and I'm going to say Celtics in six. It's a tough uh, between the Celtics and the heat. It's a tough call, Alex. Um, I agree. Fair enough. I'm saying Celtics uh, in six over the Bucks in, in this round. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think this the Bucks versus the Celtics. Let's focus on this series. I think the Celtics will will win in six. Is my prediction as well. Um, they don't have Middleton. I think it's time for them to make it to the finals. This group of Celtics players, they have they're tough nosed. They are, they have a lot of savvy, veteran savvy to them. I mean, it's kind of weird to say about that, about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, because we've, um, we still think of them as young players. Yeah. They're not, they're not anymore. I think it's time. And I think Kyrie Irving, when he said it's the windows open for them, I think, I think it is. I think it's their time to make it to the finals. Uh, it will be a tough series to call against the Heat. We'll see. Well, after these uh, two series, I think I'd be more comfortable in calling a winner. But for now, the Heat will easily dispatch of the Sixers. And the Celtics, it's their time. It's their time to uh, make it to the conference finals. And they'll make easy work of Giannis. Well, I don't know about that. Giannis can get his points against anybody. I don't know. Um, Dude, I you'll be, come on, we gotta enjoy a Milwaukee Bucks defeat because fucking Aaron Rodgers is there. We gotta support the Bears. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Everyone hates him. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna cheer for any team that he's behind. I'm not cheering know? for the Bucks. Oh fuck! But the Celt. Ah, that's a tough one. Who do, who do I who do I root for in that series? I don't really like the either Celtics. Team. It's easy, dude. It's easy. All the right. Celtics. Uh, I guess Jalen Brown, um, Al Horford, and Robert Williams are all still dealing with lingering injuries. Jalen Brown, um, I didn't know about being hurt, but it looks like <clears throat> um, he's dealing with a hamstring issue. Um, but he's going to play. Um, he got some tests and some treatment this week, but um, he was great in the first round against the, the Nets. 22.5 points, 5.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 2.5 steals, 49.3% from the field. Um, Al Horford has a um, taped up uh, left thumb. Um Doko said it's nothing more than the common nicks and bangs and bruises from the playoffs. So he's, some, something's going on with him. Um, Brown's got a hamstring issue. And then Robert Williams... Uh, had a torn meniscus and was out for like a couple weeks in the at the end of the regular season and he missed the first two games of their series but then he came back in game three. Um, he only played fifteen point five minutes a game but you know that's a really important guy 
So uh, hopefully he's healthy. They've had some time off because they had a sweep. So, I yeah, I still whatever. Even with the injury stuff, I don't, you know, uh, I still would, would take the Celtics in six. I want these to be competitive series, and I wish everyone was healthy. But it's just not what's happening right now. So hopefully they're more fun than I'm expecting them to be. I mean, I, the Bucks celtics could be really fun. You know, there's a chance the Bucks celtics like Giannis just goes crazy. Yeah. Milton comes back, whatever. Yeah, I think Bucks-Celtics... Definitely, I think the Bucks Celtics series will be fun to watch. I'm definitely gonna watch that over the watching the Heat Sixers. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for like I hope that the Heat makes the conference finals, but but if Same somehow here. yeah, if Embiid comes back and is amazing, like you know he's never made the conference finals, so like more power to him if he if he uh, wills his team there, then that would be cool. Yeah, Giannis is Giannis. You know, you're right. I think. Uh, it will be interesting, but that's another interesting factor on that series that that series has that the other one doesn't. You know. Well, okay, if Embiid was healthy, but he's not. Yeah, so. yeah, but if he was, then there would be sort of like a best player in the series type scenario thing where I could see the Sixers winning. Also, he's so much bigger than Adebayo. Right. Adebayo plays him okay, but like, yeah, he could he could still go off against like like Adebayo is small. He's like six nine, but he's like a modern center. Anyway, yeah. All right, well, we'll see. Good talking Bulls, good talking playoffs, and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll catch up uh, after a couple of games. Rock on. Go Bulls, even though they're out.